however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you have chosen to tune into DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks who speak, making your voice heard by voting. You can always register to vote in the United States by going to vote.org because gamers' voices deserve to be heard too. I urge you to take a second, sign up to vote. But we're not talking about voting, no. It's time for DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be, completely free. And that's thanks to our sponsors this week, new sponsor Soylent. And Linode, they made that possible, bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. And also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. And I am your host, Jeff Kanata, which you spell with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who loves loving No Man's Sky, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, listeners. We are recording this early. If you're listening to it on the RSS or iTunes feed, it is Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time when we are recording this. So if something um, drops that we might miss, that is why. But uh, we'd be doing yeah, it. because I am participating in a star-studded event in downtown Los Angeles, uh, our regular recording time uh, i'm going to be participating in the ray bradbury uh day readings they have some some big stars coming down and also me so uh, it'll be kind of cool um well, that's good um, big stars are just closer to burning out and dying your star is still bright jeff yeah well we'll see about that uh, <laughs> lots of feedback this week man i kind of uh referenced it a little bit in your intro I've, i don't think we've ever gotten more feedback than our no man's sky discussion generated last week uh pretty intense both sides i i don't think i think it split 50 50 right down the middle of who agreed with you and who agreed with me yeah it was um people either loved hated it hated it loved it loved hated it or hated it loved it i almost posted on twitter a picture of my feed because it was like every other tweet was like, Jeff, I totally support you. Jeff, how dare you? Christian was right. Jeff, uh, thanks for saying all the things that I, I wish I had said. Oh my God, Jeff, how could you say those things? Christian is so, it's like, it was almost every other tweet from people who were, uh, but that makes for some fun interaction, I think. We had a really cool, lively thread on our subreddit and all kinds of good stuff. Anyway, uh, we have a cool guest who can be a, 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 uh, a moderator of our uh, ongoing debate because, uh, you know, your DLC is always your downloadable Kanata, your downloadable Christian. But this week, we're excited to have him back. He's our go-to guy. And once again, DLC stands for Destiny's Longstanding Champion. Because from GameRant.com, Anthony Taormina is back with us. Hey, Anthony. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my God, Jeff. You are so wrong. Christian is so right. Yeah? It's, well, that's it? We're done? We can all go home? Definitely. It's it's a little more uh, gray than that, but I side with Christian. Okay. Can well, I just... Spoiler alert. I think I have the solution, though, for everybody. Here's what I've been doing this last week, is I play No Man's Sky, and I fly around space, and then I land on a planet, and then after I... I'm playing No Man's Sky on PC. Then after I land on a planet, I turn to my PS4, where I'm playing Fallout 4, and then I go into a mission, and then I end that mission then i pretend i get back no, on my don't. ship and then i fly <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't touch fallout 4 with a 10 foot pole and then i have I destiny on my xbox when i land on a different planet i move over to my xbox and, I, and it's an it's an incredible all-inclusive game i thought you were gonna say you land on a planet you find every animal name every single one jeff is wrong and then fly <laughs> off the planet <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> that would be the ultimate. Um, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk a lot about uh, No Man's Sky again and lots of other games to talk about this week. Uh, but we'll get to that in our playlist. we got to start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by using our hashtag DLCSOTW on Twitter or by visiting our subreddit, which has been a lively place this week. Lots of lots of uh, discussion and debate uh, about No Man's Sky and lots of other things. Uh, you can always visit 5x5dlc.reddit.com to participate in that conversation. Really cool folks over there. Anthony, you are the guest, so you get first pick of stories. Big week. We had Gamescom. Lots of really cool uh, info and tidbits coming out of Gamescom. Um, curious, what is your story of the week? Well, as, as a Destiny fan, it, it, the private matches is a big deal, but only towards me personally. Uh, personally, I would say that, uh, or outside of personally, the, the big news actually dropped a few hours ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PS4 Slim stuff seems to be... A big deal because we ha- we don't really know what Sony is announcing at this September 7th event. So we're seeing pictures. I mean, people have, like, comparison photos. It's out there. Yeah, I guess there's a, several leaks, including one that's hit a UK auction site that seems to confirm a smaller version of the PS4 will be announced alongside the details on PS4 Neo. So all those Laffity Laughers uh, that were Laffity Laughing at uh, Microsoft's strategy saying, ha-ha, you're going to release a new console and a slim version? <laughs> well, I guess Sony's doing the exact same thing. Se- certainly seems that way. This is a rumor, clearly, and uh, there, this all may be a big hoax, but the pictures certainly don't look like fakes, and there seems to be so many of them that people are thinking this is a legit kind of thing. Uh, Anthony, are you excited about the concept of a PS4 Slim? Would you Would you want that? Um. I wasn't I wasn't bowled over by an Xbox One S, so I, I I think to be fair, I don't think I have the same feelings about PS or I have the same feelings about PS4 Slim. It's for people. I, I we don't know as much about it because it's obviously leaked stuff. If it is essentially what the Xbox One S is, I think that is cool. Um, but. I've upgraded my PS4 hard drive to two terabytes. Did the whole swap it out, so I'm I'm pretty set with my PS4. I, I don't need a slim, but for those people, you know, who maybe want to get involved in the PS4 in that weird, awkward window in between Neo, this seems like a good solution. The power button it seems to be very, very obvious on it, which is a, good <laughs> thing. It's a big plus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, slim consoles for me, I've never been a slim console owner unless my console has broken. And then I've been all excited that there are slim consoles and they're you like cheap. fat consoles. I just like I get the original one when it comes out and I pray to God it doesn't break. I mean, with the 360. Can I hear that a, prayer? Uh, <laughs> usually it's I hit the power button and then if the lights don't come on, I go, please don't break. Please don't break. Please don't break. <laughs> with the 360, it was... Uh, it was kind of like uh, it broke all the time, but yeah, the, the yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool concept. Slim consoles, they happen all the time. It's nothing unexpected, but I want to know what it does. It do anything different? Is yeah, it, is it really a comparable console to the Xbox One S? Right, S obviously adds support for uh, 4K streaming movies and output uh, over HDMI. 
So one would guess that the PS4 Slim would do the same. If it's if past is precedent, the PS3 Slim version was much less expensive than the original PS3. So maybe it's a less expensive version of PS4, which would be kind of cool. Also great band name. Past is precedent. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Are you uh, into this idea, Christian? Are you uh, anxious to have a PS4 Slim? No, not at all. I mean, if the Neo is coming out, you know, when it comes out, this is not for me. If this comes out at a really cheap price point, I think it's easy to recommend to people looking to get into the generation if Sony gives full spec details as to the Neo come September 7th. If they give full spec... Right. If they give full spec details and you kind of know what it's for and what it wants to be and you're comfortable not being in that generation or, you know, having that type of hardware, then I would wholly recommend this PS4 Slim if it's, in fact, a real thing and say, hey, if you're comfortable with this, I love my PS4. If you've been waiting, here's a good console to jump in on. But for someone like me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What I'm more curious about, and these are purely selfish reasons, is... um. I've mentioned this before. Again, things I've seen or people that I trust have told me about (laughs) the way that this console generation was going to go. Things have vastly changed from what I've heard. And what I'm so curious about is, is this scrambling? Was the information I heard, you know, outdated when I heard it? Or is retail manufacturing 10x faster than it used to be? Like, I know it's faster than it was PS3, Xbox 360, Wii era. But if they're able to kind of flip a switch and crank things out now the way it appears like they're doing... It's insane. It is insane. The question for me is, uh, I think everybody anticipated this September 7th uh, announcement for PS4 Neo to be, uh, the Neo be arriving much sooner than the uh, Xbox, uh, what, um, Hank Scorpio, we're calling it. Um, you are calling it. <laughs> Actually, I stole that from <laughs> But the, the idea being that the Neo was going to be here a lot sooner, and if if they're launching the Slim and the Neo side by side, if they're both coming out about the same time, that seems even less s- sensical to me than, you know, at least, yeah. well, Xbox, it's like, here's our Slim version, and then a year later, here's our Scorpio version. If this is really sort of in the same release window for Sony, it it's odd to me. I well, guess it's all about price point. Well, and it needs to be a Neo respec from what was originally leaked. Like you can't launch, in my opinion, launch with what was leaked for the Neo specs at the same time alongside the, you know, rumored or vaguely stated um, Scorpio specs because the Scorpio is, is the more powerful console if it comes out at price point. Yes, the more powerful console doesn't always win console wars or sales, but I would think that if they're launching at the same time, you'd want to be, you know, as comparative as possible. What I think is the biggest um, maybe slap in the face for all of this stuff. If these things are coming, if the ru- rumor right now is Neo might hit in March, and there have been rumors that the Scorpio might come earlier too than holiday 2017. If the, <laughs> I just feel so bad for Nintendo. If the Scorpio and Neo drop the same month as the NX, Nintendo's just got to be like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now?" Like, yeah, I don't think they're worried. They're playing really? every game. <laughs> Zelda, Zelda. Zelda, yeah, yeah, true. but still, you you want you want a little window by yourself, right? Sure. Like, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Gaucho Cam in our chat room says uh, neither the S nor the Slim interest me as a gamer, and I I agree. I, I think the people that tend to listen to this show probably aren't the target audience for either of these. These are late adopters. These are people who've been sitting around unsure whether they're going to jump into this console cycle. These are people that are looking for something smaller and less expensive. And, 
you know, th- this is, uh, th- these are, um, this is an olive branch to people that might, might not have already bought in on the, the, uh, the big fat versions. So they're really not for us. The Neos and Scorpios of the world are for us, are the early adopter versions. And, and I think that that's what's happening overall is that just like the, the, the mobile phone market, this is a splintering, uh, you know, there's, there's buckets now. There's buckets for people to sit in. There's different demographics. If you're a, this kind of person, we have a console for you. It's not one console every six years. It's a whole iteration of consoles that you can have at any point because we got you covered. Yeah, take that one console future. <laughs> yeah, the opposite is happening. Christian, you got a story of the week? Yeah, I mean the the PS4 Slim is definitely I think the biggest news that we have right now, but the other Gamescom feels like it's kind of light in terms of big drops or whatever. But you I feel bad cuz you sent this to me. I had not seen it yet before you texted it to me. But the Star Citizen 3.0 that was previewed at Gamescom, I'm I'm hesitant to do this because with No Man's Sky I'm hesitant to hype this game up, Star Citizen, because with No Man's Sky, if you watch, you know, early trailers of that game and then what was released and there's that funny vine of, you know, for No Man's Sky, what we were promised. And it's the Jurassic Park music along with uh, footage from the 2014 E3 trailer where it comes down over the brontosaurus and it's this beautiful lust thing. It's like what we were promised and then it cuts to what we were given. And it's this weird like on hind legs, but shouldn't it be animal? And it's like, yeah, it's the Jurassic Park music, but done with a kazoo. Yeah, and uh, it, it's pretty funny. So I, I I don't want to hype something too, too much because hype can be a disservice at times. Like I tweeted out, you know, how to not be avo- uh, disappointed by a video game. Avoid pre-order, avoid previews, don't pre-order, don't buy at launch, read reviews, watch streams, listen to podcasts, and then decide. So with all of that said, I'm potentially hyping something. Um. <laughs> but I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to get sidetracked in a debate about the notion of hype but i kind of feel like the notion of hype is (laughs) is in the eye of the beholder because hype for me is just another way of saying excitement and i don't want to ever temper my excitement for something hype can be you know you can infuse it with expectation and uh unrealistic sort of views on what it what things should be but there's nothing wrong with hype in the sense of being excited about your hobby this isn't this is just a, it's a fun hobby. That's all it is. Yes, I I a hundred percent agree. I, I guess where the reservation comes from, where something is shown and it's called gameplay footage, and then the game you end up playing is not that. Be it the division, be it um, there are many games. No Man's Sky, any of those games, right? And Star Citizen is one of the biggest examples of feature creep. What is this game going to be? When does this game come out? But yes, we can table that discussion for another day. Maybe we'll do bonus content about that one week, but. To jump on the hype train, Star Citizen, what they showed at Gamescom, is incredible. I mean, it's ship-to-ship combat, docking, and then going into one of the most gorgeous first-person shooter um, combat zero-gravity scenarios that I've seen. I mean, it's up there with what Call of Duty is doing when they showed their Infinite Warfare trailer where this guy comes in, the enemy's floating down the hallway, the bullets are kind of popping through, he goes into another room, there's a frozen dead 
um, I don't know, employee or something like that's iced over in this thing. The the way the gun moves, the gun handling looks great. Then he gets back in his ship and blasts off and heads over to a freighter and is communicating with his teammates that are also in this huge lived in world. And I watched this and I was like, yeah, okay, see you later, No Man's Sky. When this game <laughs> when this yeah. game comes out, this is the game of forever. <laughs> well, you know, you joke, but I, I think anybody watching it would think that it's it's kind of the game that people wanted No Man's Sky to be, it's and of course every game. And I don't think No Man's Sky cost a hundred million dollars, which is what Star Citizen has raised on Kickstarter so far. Um, and yes, uh, what part of the reason I put this in the show notes and reached out to you about it and wanted to talk about it is because almost every time we bring up Star Citizen on this show, it's a negative story. It's it's a cautionary tale about. Uh, crowdsourcing and crowdfunding and it's people complaining and all that stuff. And here for once is them showing something. This is a 45 minute video of a demonstration at Gamescom and it will blow your mind and it's all gameplay and it's just them all talking and it's multiple people playing in the same world at the same time and they switch back and forth between views. And it really has all of those things that I think would make a game like No Man's Sky really fun, really have depth and want me to hang around and invest in that world, i.e. I can play it with my friends. And they were so, um, they took so much care at every step of the way to show you where your friend is at any given time and that they don't cheat when you get into an elevator. It doesn't go to a loading. There's not even any like hidden, hidden loading. It's literally the elevator goes down in a physical world and the guy outside in his spaceship can also you know, go down in that same physical world and see the dude through the window because he's really there the whole time and nothing is faked. Everything is real. Everything is all happening at the same time and you're both there. All just, just that much in No Man's Sky, just to be able to hang out with a buddy and do stuff would be so huge. And and also all these systems of quests and story and content. Uh, it really looked exciting. Did you have a chance to look at it, Anthony? I did. Um, I, personally, I'm not. I'm not big in. Uh, I liked No Man's Sky. Surprisingly, like No Man's Sky. I feel like Star Citizen is going to be the type of game that I will need to actually play to decide um, whether. But it all looks cool. It looks awesome. It seems like uh, the people who really are asking for that type of game, because those types of games don't really come around that often it seems like the closest thing that's available right now is elite dangerous but this is like on a crazier scale i am happy that they are making this game uh we like to poke fun at the fact that it probably isn't coming out until like you know 2045 or something ridiculous but i mean it's getting closer now it it seems more tangible it seems like they have some cool ideas well it's not like people aren't playing it people are playing it right now yeah 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 but but it just it it keeps you know getting like the the main game the actual release seems so far away they they never want to even kind of you know broach the topic but yeah it, everything it, that they I think it's just a new fun. paradigm in how games are released I really do it's I true. think they're just doing it a different way that maybe there will be a, a eventual boxed version of this in many years but really this game is charting a new course in the sense that you pay upfront. And you're along for this ride if you want. I'm not endorsing this this manner of, of funding a game. But 
that's kind of how they're doing it. It's like people are playing this evolving thing as it evolves, and they're funding that evolution. It's an interesting thing. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I think I think it should be mentioned that there are some people that are disappointed in the fact that they gave money up front a, long, a couple of years ago, and now there are people asking for refunds because sure. they feel like, yeah, this is this. Some people just want to play it when it's finished. I can totally understand that, and I am usually that guy. Um, I'm just, you know, and and I'm skeptical in a lot of ways about No Man's Sky based on a lot of the stories that we've read. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I'm sorry, not No Man's Sky. Yeah. Star, Citizen. Star Citizen. There we go. <laughs> sorry. I'm definitely skeptical about Star Citizen based on the, the other stories that we've reported on this show about, you know, um, the the various problems that you're that you're referencing. But looking at this footage makes me excited for that game, and uh, I, I hope they achieve it. And I, it looks like it's working at, at this point at least. But, it's, you know, big, very big promises. Very exciting. Very exciting. Maybe not for me, but, you know, I can always appreciate games that people uh, are getting excited for because, yeah, if it makes people happy, I'm happy. I guess the 2.5 version is is about to to be released to uh, supporters. This is the 3.0 version that they were showing at Gamescom, which they're expecting at the end of 2016. But huge, huge uh, changes and more, much more content. Um, Yeah, I'm, you know. I'm rooting for this game. I want it to be a thing. I really do. Have you put money into it? No. I have not either. This is the first time I thought about like, oh, maybe I maybe I will pony up whatever, you know, depending on what the amount I need to be if I can get into 3.0. Because yeah. I, I think you're right. There is some change, perhaps. Maybe it will become even more widely accepted of the paradigm shift of what a game is. You know, DayZ, Minecraft, Star Citizen. How would we have felt about No Man's Sky we being a universal we, even the people that liked it, if it didn't launch as this is the game, what if it was still $60, but it was like, hey, you can now play it. Early Here's access. a version of the game. Yeah. And then would people be more accepting of that? And then maybe there'd be backlash later when they didn't deliver base building or whatever. But is this the way to go where it's, hey, let's come play in this thing. There's enough of a thing here for you to play with that we think it's worth 20 bucks for you to get in on now. And then maybe it's something later. And the decision is at what point is there enough of a thing for you to think it's worth playing versus getting upset when Assassin's Creed launches and is broken and it's supposedly out. Now it's just like, yeah, it's not out. It's not out. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think if you had asked me that question a few years ago, and it, it's a topic we talked about a few years ago yeah. on various shows, but I think I would have had a very different answer than now. I think there's enough examples of this being an amazing way to see a game grow and it being a two-way street between the designers and the players that the designers are really building systems that the players are excited about and reacting to real-world uh, environments that the players find themselves in and the way that the players are dealing with the game. I mean, Minecraft is a you know billboard example, but there's many, many early access success stories of games that were put out in one way and completely evolved into something much more interesting over time. So I'm I'm much more on on board with that kind of thing. I used to be the guy who was like, "Don't talk to me unless it's done." Like I want to I want to have my first impression be a, a a finished game. But you know, even games I love like Heroes of the Storms, uh, free to play games that constantly evolve. Even World of Warcraft, you know, like it, that's an evolutionary thing. It's and it's kind of fun to be along for those changes. 
Yeah, I think there are examples both ways. I think the examples you gave are great examples of this thing working. And then I think We Happy Few is an example of a game that perhaps is hurt by this process because it's not what people thought or wanted or expected. And it doesn't seem like it's worth the investment to get out the thing that's out right now. But people will figure it out. And it is. I mean, I say it, I feel like almost every six months, but we continue to be in a brave new world. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm very surprised that you didn't have your uh, story of the week. I assumed you were going to bring up this new Metal Gear game. We got a new Metal Gear game announced, Christian. Do it's we? like your it's Do your jam. Though. You love Metal Gear. Do we though, Jeff? Do we? You're like Metal Gear guy. I love Metal Gear. I I lo- let me t- I love Metal Gear you Solid. Love Kojima. You love Kojima? Is that what you said, Anthony? I I love Kojima. You know he's not involved in this one. Anyway. Correct. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He's you not. Know, you know the guy Hideo, Hideo Kojima who uh, started all this. You know, you know he's not. He doesn't want to. He's not. This is a. Uh, you know, the, you wouldn't be able to tell by the trailer, but uh, he's not. But it's still tactical, tactical espionage with well, you know sneaking and you know stuff how, like that, right? You know how you love. You know how you lo- the things you love about Metal Gear are that Hideo Kojima is involved and that it's um, totally about zombies. You know how it's always about <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Oh, my favorite aspects of the game. No character that I recognize in alternate universe and zombies. The things yeah. that scream Metal Gear. All yeah. those things that you absolutely love about Metal Gear. They're delivering on all of them. So, happy? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way the first thing about this game, aside from its trailer. So, you, you're talking about Metal Gear Survive. The first thing about this game, other than its trailer, was Konami being like, it's not going to be 60 bucks, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. We know we know it's not worth a full game. <laughs> it Well, okay. I mean, we're being very snarky, but this is a kind of an interesting side project. It's also interesting to note that they're still making Metal Gear games, uh, and clearly this was being worked on while... Kojima was still there. I don't think this could have been made, you know, just in the last few months since he left. Well, he was on um, Survivor Island for a while before he left too, right? Like there was his time in exile where he hadn't left, couldn't say what he was doing. And they also haven't shown real gameplay. Like I think it's a very real possibility that this game is, you know, repurposed, tweaked assets, dropped in a land. I don't know. I have my reservations. I, I agree with you, Christian. I think it's very possible that this was a, or maybe it's part of the reason he left. They said, we're going to put another team on this. And he was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You can't, you can't make another Metal Gear game with, without me, even if it's a side project. Well, uh, what this is, as you mentioned, is a survival game, a four-player co-op, waves of zombies. Um, it's running on the Fox engine. So that's kind of fun uh it is in an alternate universe or we went through some sort of portal that put us in an alternate universe uh but they're saying yeah it's going to be kind of like ground zeros where it's a smaller thing that won't cost a full price ground zeros of course cost 30 dollars uh and it won't be happening until early 2017 at the earliest you guys are both metal gear solid fans but is this a pass or are you gonna uh, hope hopeful optimism Anthony, I'll play it out of spite. <laughs> You'll play it out of spite for yourself. I, I mean, I think the thing to mention about you know when they like to compare it to Ground Zeroes, Ground Zeroes was like the proof of concept of like here's the way we're changing combat in Metal Gear Solid for a full game. It was kind, it was more or less a demo. It was a very expensive demo to say like here's the the new approach to uh, tactical espionage action we're delivering where, so them saying, Oh, it's like ground zeros. It's like, it's not like ground zeros. It's, 
It's like uh, the Resident Evil Umbrella Corpse. Yeah, that didn't. How did that game. turn out? By the way, <laughs> terrible. It's awful. Yeah, it's broken. So yeah, I, I just I may play it out of you know curiosity or a co a co op game sounds fun, but at some point, if they just like took the title off, sold it for twenty bucks under a different title, I'm sure they'd have a better chance of actually getting some sales than putting Metal Gear on it because I don't think there are too many people out there, I could be wrong, who are not aware of the fact that Metal Gear's, like, you know, creator, the guy that is behind all of this wacky stuff that loves umbilical cords and babies <laughs> and floating bodies, is, I, I'm pretty sure most people are aware, um, at least those who like Metal Gear. So I don't, I just feel like they're not fooling anybody by titling it Metal Gear Survive. They might be better served just changing the title and saying it's a zombie game i don't know man i guarantee you they sell more copies calling it metal gear than they would calling it zombie town surviving pants they'll you know get more I press mean? coverage i don't know if they'll sell more copies but we yeah. wouldn't have been talking about it if konami announced right. what do you call zombie town press pants what was <laughs> yeah surviving pants surviving pants yeah yeah um speaking of ridiculousness i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to live with myself if i didn't bring up the fact that uh there was a smell-o-vision at Gamescom, guys. <laughs> uh, South Park, The Fractured But Whole, uh, showed, Ubisoft was showing, based on that game, uh, something called the Nosilus Rift, uh, or Nosilus Rift, I guess maybe it is. Uh, Nosilus. Nosilus. Okay. It's, uh, it, it lets you smell farts, because farting is a big part of uh, South Park, The Fractured But Whole, as, it, as of course it must be. And um, in order to give you another sense of immersion, another sense in your, in your immersive uh, world inhabiting, you got to smell the farts, I guess. Um, so, yeah, people tried this thing. They said there's only between five and ten of them in the world. It's not going to be a, a uh, retail product, so don't get too excited. But the fact that they built these at all is pretty ridiculous. And I want to read to you um, on uh, – on, uh, Polygon, uh, Megan Farukmanish, I hope I pronounced that correctly, she wrote a wonderful <laughs> description of what it was like. She said, they call it a fart smell, but it is the scent that farts fart. It is a concentrated blast of an all-day music festival's worst porta potty It is a used diaper left to wither and die in the desert sun just after being sprayed with the bad breath of someone who loves eating heavy cheeses and corpses, probably. <laughs> That's well written. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you think, Anthony? Smell-o-vision? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's very South Park. Um, it's also very Ubisoft, you know, those guys. Yeah. They're always thinking outside the box. <laughs> um, yeah, I... It's a it's a clever thing to build to build buzz. I, I kind of wish that they would say like, okay, we're gonna release a however much it needs to be five hundred, six hundred, eight hundred dollar version. I think there will be people that would buy it. People, you know, have bought more expensive collector's edition. Why not let the people that want to get it? I'm not one of them, but somebody will buy it. I would say a bunch of people would buy it. It's hilarious. Uh, I don't know if it's more any more than hilarious, but it's it's pretty funny that they actually made these things and they actually work and you actually smell awful in it. Uh, Christian, are you uh, are you ordering an, a nosilus nosilus? 
I mean, I have uh, one toddler still in diapers, so I I know the smell. (laughs) You've got that already covered. If anyone wants to experience it, if you can come out to the northeast side of Los Angeles after a fractured butthole comes out, I can uh, recreate this smell for you. I am positive. So, Anthony, if you want me to charge you 800 bucks for the experience, I will gladly charge you 800 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's cheaper just to have my own kit. No, it's not. It is really not. (laughs) It is not. All right, dudes, less traffic. Uh, let's move on. But first, I want to thank – we have a new sponsor, and I'm honestly, genuinely very excited to talk about Soylent uh, because I was very skeptical. Uh, I don't know if anybody that listens to this show also listens to another of my shows called We Have Concerns. But my co-host, Anthony, there, uh, he has been drinking Soylent as a meal replacement for quite a while now, and he would constantly try to get me to try it, and I was like, I, I don't want to try that. I finally tried it, and I'm so excited. I actually reached out to 5 by 5 and said, hey, can you get them to sponsor our show? Because I was so wrong about this. I really want people to understand that Soylent is actually good, and it, it is, has a use case that I think is actually very useful. And I want people to understand this, but not unless they're a sponsor. Well, it's helpful. That I, I mean, I'm not going to bring – right. I guess I could have brought it up. But no, no, uh, no. it's great that they're spon- make, helping make the show possible, which is awesome. And it's I love when we get sponsors on the show that uh, that I, I genuinely am enthusiastic about. And all of our sponsors are that way. So it's nice that, that we can be selective in you know yes. the people that make the show possible. But so you know I, that's why I try to actively reach out and say, hey, these these guys would be great to sponsor the show because I can talk from a place of real honesty about how much I like them. And I, I'm sure people get into the situation that I get into all the time because you're busy and I'm busy and I like playing video games and watching movies and doing stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like 1.30 and I haven't had lunch and, oh, crap, I need to go and I don't have time to get any lunch. And Okay, well, I guess I'll just drive through the drive through and get some horrible fast food and eat like crap and make myself feel terrible and then later in the day I feel lousy because I ate you know a bunch of McNuggets or something stupid Soylent is the solution to that problem and I have I'm honest with you guys in saying I have been using it for that and it is a lifesaver I used it all during E3 this year as my lunch basically what it is is a nutritionally complete food that you drink, and there's a whole line of them. There's a bunch of different products. I've been using the um, the Soylent 2.0, which is like it comes in a bottle and it's pre-made. It's not a you, there's not a powder to add to anything or anything. It's just a pre-made drink, and uh, it has it's 400 calories. Uh, it's 20% of all your daily macro and micronutrient requirements. It's got 20 grams of protein. It doesn't have any added sugars, and it has healthy fats. No animal products are used, and it gives you energy without the peaks or crashes of refined sugar. This is all the stuff they're telling me to tell you. But what I'm going to tell you from my heart and from my experience is that it tastes good. It gets me through the day. And the best part is I'm not hungry afterwards. And it's, it's convenient. I can just grab it out of my fridge and get in the car and drink it in the car. And then it, I, it replaces a meal. It makes me feel full. It tastes good. It says it's not a diet. It's not a weight loss product. It's not a protein shake or a supplement for weightlifting or anything like that. What it is, is a, a food. It is a replacement for a meal. They, you know, they say don't, they don't want to replace every meal, but they can replace any meal. 
Um, and uh, I have found it to be very useful in my life. And we're going to give you 50% off when you start a subscription using the link uh, Soylent.com slash 5 by 5 You get 50% off. So basically, they can sell these in cases of 12, and it's $32.30 a case with your subscription, which is less than $3 per bottle. And one bottle replaces a meal. So it's imagine you're saving money because you're not going to get <laughs> less than $3 is not going to get you any food at a drive-through that's worth anything. You feel I feel good, it actually tastes good. I genuinely just enjoy the taste and it it comes in handy. Anyway, you've heard me rant about this enough. Check it out. soylent.com s o y l e n t.com/5x5. I think it's really cool. It's uh, it's really saved me. I had one this morning because I knew we were going to do this show and I didn't have time to make breakfast because I was researching stories and doing stuff. So what did I do? I reached into my fridge and I grabbed a Soylent. That's what I do. And uh, I'm really glad that they're uh, sponsoring the show. All right, guys. Um, let us now go to the playlist. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us. Ooh, what you playing this all right, Anthony, um, here we are on the playlist. Time to talk about what we've been playing. Should we start with No Man's Sky? I don't know. That's We've all been playing Titanfall 2. That's, that's kind of a big deal, too. Do you want, let's, let's start with Titanfall 2. We'll get around to No Man's Sky. Um, Titanfall 2 had a, uh, a beta test this weekend. All of us were involved in that. Uh, what is your what's your take on Titanfall Two multiplayer? Um, my take on Titanfall Two, which I, I guess we should we should preface by saying it is a they they have it right there. It's a pre-alpha technical test because I tried to I streamed it. I got a lot of negative comments, positive comments. I think um, for what they have put on display, uh, there are some questionable decisions made in terms of like the map selection. It doesn't really highlight the Titans very well. One of the things I really liked about Titanfall was that it, or the first Titanfall was that it kind of had its own spaces for Titans to get involved and pilots to get involved, and then you could kind of intermingle. It seems like most of the maps they have put out, which I think is two or one, um, it, it kind of speaks to the to that that I can't even remember if there's two or one. Dose. Uh, there's two. Okay, I thought so. Um, I don't know. It it does seem like it has a little bit of like a a more Call of Duty flavor to it than the first Titanfall does. I like that there are a lot more uh, customization options for both your pilot and Titan. You can uh, you have like secondary abilities, and then you have uh, different types of grenades and different things that you can do for your pilot to increase their movement or health regeneration, and then the Titans, different. Uh, secondary abilities uh, the two titans available have a, a base weapon and a base kind of uh supercharged ability once uh, a certain timer has ticked down um but yeah overall it it feels like titanfall but there still is something a little bit um i don't know it doesn't necessarily feel like an improvement um doesn't necessarily feel like it's not a step backwards i don't know there's something just a little off about it to me, at least. Would you agree with that, Christian? Not entirely. I, I think I understand what Anthony is trying to say. So 
people that listen to the show might remember you and I hosted a thing for um, Mountain Dew and Buffalo Wild Wings. They gave us codes to get into this pre-alpha early. So that's how I played it. And that was my time to shine. You know, like I've always meant said that I am the guy at first person shooters that is good at um, betas <laughs> or closed betas before everyone else can play them. When nobody's playing, mm-hmm. you are king of the hill. Which should, I should actually note mention. So I, if you want to see, I have the streams of my playing, two streams on Twitch, which is just Christian Spicer, and also on my YouTube, which is Christian Spicer 713, if you want to see me actually playing and hearing my actual in-game thoughts. Um, but I tried to, the, when I was playing, there was Bounty Hunt, which is the new mode, a new multiplayer mode, and then Pilot v. Pilot. And I tried both times when I streamed to play Pilot v. Pilot, and there were zero players worldwide in those. So I was like, oh, don't get to play that. Uh, which I, problem. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Maybe because there are no Titans, and that's not what people want to play in Titanfall. I, I I like it. I don't think this will be a game that I will play come retail release. I already see people out-leveling me, um, getting better guns, getting better move um, uh, Titan upgrades and stuff like that. It has the same problems for me that call of duty does where i some of my own analysis paralysis where i'm like what is the better gun i've unlocked this do i want to use this what's my play style and i kind of freak out about that stuff combined with you get better by playing because you know the map's better but now you're also getting better by getting better guns and at some point i don't have i don't put enough time into the game to make it fun for when i do play it and i think overwatch will keep my attention i know that they are different styles of games but my play style i think and the way i play games um favors overwatch for me personally but i think the changes they've made in titanfall 2 a lot of them are smart changes and i think are responses to people's criticisms of titanfall 1 i think the problem that respawn might have with this game as to whether or not it ends up hitting the mark they wanted it to hit is they are changing a lot of variables this time around. So I'm not sure come Titanfall 3 or whatever Respawn makes next, if they'll know exactly what worked and what didn't. This time it's out for PS4 and PC, which I think will surely help expand the player base. But they've also you know, slowed down movement, except for when you're wall running. Like when you're just running around the map as a pilot now, you're noticeably slower than you were in Titanfall 1. Like Anthony mentioned, they've combined kind of the play areas more so, at least in these two maps where the mechs kind of roam and the pilots are running around. And I think it's interesting because, and it's, I think, difficult from a um, design perspective, like how do you make a map that's fun to run around but also has wide enough spaces for Titans to get into it? And because of that, some people feel they can't put together the same type of lines as a pilot that they used to have where they're wall running, boosting, wall run, boost, jump, jump down, ball, you know, kind of bounce around. But then I think to combat that, they've introduced the zip line because they know they're going to have wider spaces that you need to cover. And when I got the zip line to work the way I wanted it to, it felt awesome. Right. grappling hook sorry yes thank you grappling hook it it felt awesome i was not able to get it to work consistently as i wanted to sometimes i was able to you know arkham batman arkham knight over a building like i tried to and i'd launch over then i'd boost and i'd land on a wall then i'd land on i'd rodeo on a titan and it felt incredible other times i feel like i did the same thing and i would grapple like into the side of a building and start wall running and then fall off the side and then the titan would step on me and i was just like no this is not this was not the plan um <laughs> and the titans are weaker than they were in titanfall 1 it it's interesting i think hardcore titanfall 1 fans no offense people which there aren't a lot of or there weren't enough of i think 
I could see them being justifiably disappointed with the changes they're showing. That said, I think new people to the franchise might find a lot of fun here. Um, I feel like, Jeff, you are maybe a newer person to the franchise. I would uh, wager that you spent less time with Titanfall 1 than Anthony or I did. Probably Um, true. What was your experience with the game? Did you find it invigorating and and exhilarating, or did you find it kind of just another first-person shooter? Uh, I mean, I think it's really cool how you can zip around the map. I love cool traversal. I liked the grapple to a thing, zip over the thing, wall run off a thing, jump, jump, double jump, and grapple again. All of that stuff where I feel like I'm Spider-Man is is really fun. But again, I'm going to – my whether I decide this game is worth it or not comes all down to the single-player campaign, which is what I'm super excited about. Uh, and – that's just because I'm not going to be spending the time to play this multiplayer uh, mode because I'll be too busy playing my MOBAs, you know, like that's, that's just where I sit. I'm going to, I'm going to spend all my multiplayer time playing Heroes of the Storm. Um, but I'm definitely excited about the changes to the universe and the, and the, the fact that they're doubling down on that traversal. And that seems to be seeping into the single player, as I talked about last week. Um, so, you know, I think this, it's lots of cool stuff, lots of cool new mechs. That world is really interesting, and I had a good time sort of dabbling in the multiplayer over the last few days, but, you know, I'm not the right person to sort of judge this game's multiplayer just because it's not, it's not really made for me. Um, yeah. What do you think about, and you and Anthony, about, like, its launch window? I mean, it is, again, coming out with the big boys. There's Battlefield. Oh, it's going to get killed. You think? Everybody in the killed. everybody in the chat room right now is talking about that very thing, and uh, yeah, the prognosis doesn't seem to be a positive one. So you you agree, Anthony, that it's, it's it's yeah. Well, I think you know EA's shooting itself in the foot because they're releasing both Battlefield One, which has I think of the three multiplayer shooters, Titanfall, Call of Duty, Battlefield coming out this fall. I think Battlefield One has the biggest kind of wave of. Uh, excitement, at least in like the multiplayer shooter space. Obviously, Call of Duty is going to sell just fine, but I think in terms of like the people who can gravitate to whatever looks the most interesting to them, it seems like Battlefield 1 has the most attention. And then Call of Duty has that Modern Warfare remastered that's just going to drive so many people to that game, no ma- to Infinite Warfare, no matter what they think of infinite warfare. So I, yeah, I feel like Titanfall two is 100% going to get the bronze medal. Uh, in, in and as we this. could, we we've learned from the Olympics, bronze is worthless. Bronze is worthless. You may as well have not even shown up if you're going to get disgusting bronze. Well, unless you're making a really cool statue because it ages well. You know, you get that nice kind of green effect to it over the years. And also it makes really pretty gutters on like a fancy house. You can, it's really, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I think there's a there's a Simpsons quote where they're at the Olympics and he says, "We're here to celebrate glorious gold, shameful silver, and disgusting bronze." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, EA's done this before. Um, Medal of Honor and Battlefield have launched close to each other before, and I do feel like EA. I don't know. They're smarter than me. I have to trust when it comes to this stuff. But I feel like if this was a February release, it could blow people away and be the thing that gives a breath of fresh air to those hardcore players and as is well, wasn't it, it last time wasn't titanfall like a early year release last time and it i, th- I think it came out in march if yeah I i'm gonna look it up I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put my speculation hat i think they released this pre-alpha technical test to say look look at we look what we revealed 
okay, you've seen it. We're going to delay it till early 2017. It was March 11th, 2014. Yeah. So that didn't work last time. Grace. Well, it had its own <laughs> problems, though. Being an Xbox yeah. One exclusive for a console that didn't have a user base. Yeah. And no single player. It has single player now, which is what I'm more curious about, to be honest. Yeah. To see, to see what that's like. I I feel like they're setting it up for a situation where they say, look, you've seen it. Uh, we're, you can see that we're not quite there. There have been some real network problems for this game during this technical test. Um, just like Christian was mentioning, there's situations where you get... I was in a game where it was, I think, 6v6, and it was 3v2. Did you win? Uh, yes. Nice. Um, I, but yeah, I, I I feel... I'm just going to throw it out there. I think it might get delayed. I think they might say it's in our, our best interest to release okay. this in the in the you know march february i don't think so just because of the ramp up is 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 in full effect you know the the but is it though do you feel like there's marketing i feel like there's everything is battlefield one and i have seen like some stuff but it's it's all stuff that we see yeah it was interesting i noticed like during you know during this pre-alpha technical test you know you'd think there'd be a lot of maybe not maybe that was enough but you went to twitch battlefield ea bought full page buys for battlefield one as they're trying to show their new their other game and so it's like hey you're here to watch someone play titanfall 2 well check out this other dope first person shooter and i was like oh smart move by hey wait a minute that's the same company that's a weird move um yeah well it's you know in in regard to the single player the thing that baffles me is you know i went to this big press event where they showed a lengthy portion of the of the single player and then at gamescom they had a bunch of the discussion about the single player and both times their messaging was like, you can't get what we're doing unless you see large chunks of this game. You're not going to understand what we're shooting for with a single player. It was seeing any less than 90 minutes of gameplay. And that just doesn't make for a good thing. You have to sit and see huge chunks of the game because we're doing something so unique and so different and so unlike what you think a Titanfall single player should be. And I was like, Oh wow, that sounds really cool. And then they show you know, a large chunk of it. And I'm like, no, that's pretty much what I thought a Titanfall thing would be. You know, it's, I mean, I don't understand what I'm not getting here. It's shoot, shoot, shoot platforming. And I get that the platforming is, is a little unique for a game like this. It's, I mean, Call of Duty doesn't really have platforming, but maybe I'm not, maybe I am missing something. Maybe the, maybe I, because I didn't see a full 90 minutes, I didn't get it. And maybe I'm being naive here, but I was like, I kind of feel like I get it. I hope it's great. I mean, it does have, if you look at the back of the box, a lot of checklists that would get me excited, aside from me just not putting in the time to be good at the multiplayer. But it's, you know, made by the people that made one of my favorite first-person shooters ever, uh, Modern Warfare, which, again, it is Activation's like, oh, you love the guys who made Modern Warfare? Well, you just come play Modern Warfare. <laughs> I mean, it's barely those guys, though. I well, mean, but it, it's kind of those guys, but not Yeah, really. I agree. It is The view it from is. the top. The pedigree is there. Um, sure, but they've left. Good shooting, like cool, like good gun effect shooting, cool traversal, uh, a grappling hook like Bionic Commando and first person that works really well. Getting into mechs and you're stomping around and you're shooting stuff and the mech perspective is cool. Like it has a lot of things that get me excited as a gamer to live in this fantasy world. So I, I while I think we've spent, you know, maybe the last five minutes kind of poo-pooing why this game might not be a sales success, I, I really hope it knocks it out of the park because it does have things that other franchises have been trying to do, and maybe they'll do it better, but it's doing a lot of things that gamers have asked for over the years. So I think even if 
it's not high on your radar, maybe add it to your red box, you know, keep me updated queue or something like that and, and give the game a chance when it comes out. I'm certainly in that same camp. I mean, I'm, I'm not the target audience for this, uh, but I find that universe much more interesting than World War One. I. I mean, Zeppelins and horses are cool, but not as cool as a giant mech battle. What about air quote World War One though? Yeah, there you go. Air, World War One with a Metallica theme song. You know, like you know, like the winky emoji. It's like it's it's World War One. Wink. And as a biplane does a a barrel roll and flies through a zeppelin unfazed. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more about No Man's Sky. I, I know that uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is coming out this week, uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that a lot. In the next episode, I'm very excited to play it. Um, reviews are hitting now, but uh, we'll talk about it next week. Let's talk more about No Man's Sky because we hit such a nerve, I think, in our discussion. I want to start by reading a couple of different emails that we got. And again, thank you, everybody, who sent your emails to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Way too many to talk about all of them here, but they basically fit into two categories. I'm going to read an example from each, and these are a little long, but I think they're, they're worthwhile. This one comes from John F., He says, Spicer, excellent on No Man's Sky rant. Your noble opponents want skill cap, carrots, touch of intelligence, and that's all fine. But the trick to finding those is recognizing that this game has one goal, one gameplay type, one genre, exploration. Your skill level is based on how good you are at exploring, not at shooting things while you explore. How far and how fast you can explore beyond your ship based on your suit upgrades On a radioactive planet, did you specialize your suit with that advanced radiation shielding tech to stay out longer? Or do you prefer to just use all your upgrade space on jetpack and run speed if you feel confident in your resource preparation to recharge your radiation shielding? How far can your warp drive go? Are you an efficient planetary explorer or did you get lost in a cave again? The carrots are places to explore, not items you get after exploring. Your reward is not what you got, but what you saw and experienced. Jeff's hiking analogy was great, but I think the gamer who wants an exploration game probably has a slightly different perspective on hiking. It's not necessarily the little animals, it's the whole forest that is majestic. Obviously, people have different perspectives on how much touch of intelligence they see in the makings of the universe, but just think about landing on any other planet in our own solar system. It's going to have nothing specific and yet have infinite variety shaped by the maths of its formation and erosion. There's nothing there except everything that's there. And if you were standing on it, you would be the most badass explorer in the history of mankind. The entire gameplay type of this game is the exploration. That's John F. who wrote that. Uh, He also says, uh, your skill cap is being able to say, yes, I've seen that. I probably even saw it first. But this comes from Dark Roast James, who has the other side of the coin. He says, I think the thing Jeff was getting at but didn't quite outright state is that if you've played the game for 10 minutes, you've played it for 100 hours. There's no plot progression. There's no player skill progression or character development progression. No mechanical progression. There is item-based progression, and that is almost solely stat-based and doesn't introduce new gameplay. The last bit is very important. Take a game like Bayonetta. You can get new weapon upgrades, 
and unlock new moves, not only are those sometimes better, but they are also different in terms of gameplay. A giant hammer has a different move set and feels different to use. Or in a strategy game, you get a new unit or building that opens up new possibilities. In No Man's Sky, you get basic stat upgrades. Your mining beam beams uh, mines stuff a little faster, and you can hold more stuff, etc. But none of that is new gameplay. You don't get more strategy options or more moment-to-moment options. If you meet a new creature, it doesn't have an attack or behavior pattern that you haven't seen before. It just looks different and maybe has some pure stat differences. A new planet may look different, but it's not like a new level has new challenges, new arrangements, or special props. It has some stat differences, like draining your support, your life support a little differently, but that's about it. To call the game an exploration game makes sense in some ways, but in many ways, the exploration is much more shallow than in many games. I wouldn't call Bayonetta an exploration game, but I explore the combat system in that game. I call a game like Fire Emblem, I explore strategy options, the uh, unit roster, etc. There is almost no exploration of gameplay or narrative in No Man's Sky, just literal geographic exploration. But even that isn't terribly interesting because an individual planet has very little variety on it. Stark Rose James. So a lot of different people uh, kind of falling in those two categories and just um, agreeing with either Christian or myself. Anthony, you kind of mentioned at the top that you are in the Christian camp. What has been your experience with No Man's Sky? Um, I should say that both those emails, I disagree and agree with uh, points they made. I personally... I'm enjoying my time with No Man's Sky. I don't know how much I'm going to play of it going forward. I finished the Atlas Path uh, this week, and I'm pretty close to the center of the galaxy. Um, I feel like I've I've uh, got my money's worth of the game. But yeah, I, I think that uh, this is probably one of the harder games to recommend to a person because of uh, just the, the way the mechanics work. So I... I don't feel like you're necessarily... I was just trying to be funny, but yeah, I don't feel like you're totally wrong, Jeff, and I don't feel like Christian is totally right. There are things about the game that I think are really great. I I love that you can create little goals for yourself. Like today, I'm going to get exosuit upgrades, or today I'm going to look for a ship that fits my needs perfectly, that has, whatever, 34 slots and has warp reactor theta or something like that or i'm gonna make a bunch of money fi- i'm gonna find a planet that's rich in resources and i'm gonna make a bunch of money but at the same time you land on a planet and you say okay well this kind of looks like most of the planets i've seen it doesn't have grass you know there are there are some planets that are just really barren and kind of boring to look at there are uh, animals or creatures you see that you can see the procedural repeatable elements of like that guy that creature has the same head as that guy but his head's just a tiny bit bigger or that guy has the the fork feet um but at the same time you look at that and you go wow there are you know 18 quintillion planets and they were able to create creatures that at the very least like aren't totally broken like their heads aren't backwards they look like creatures um yeah, so it's, I don't know. I, I personally am enjoying my time with the game because I feel like the framework that they have created and the the gameplay elements are enough to fuel me forward of always going for another goal. But once once I sort of achieved all the goals that I had put forward for myself, um, 
there really isn't too much for me to go back to. It's it, It'll be the type of game that maybe I'll pop in and say, okay, I want to get a little better ship because my ship isn't uh, completely maxed out or I want to maybe um, delete some some upgrades and rearrange them in such a way that they get the boost and I can travel further. Or maybe I'll look for some, some planets that look pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really hard to, uh, to, I, I can't stand forward and say like, I love this game and I defy anybody who doesn't. Um, because I, I feel like all the criticisms are valid. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's really hard to 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 take a stand on the game or to recommend it to anybody. Yeah, I you know this week I was thinking more about the exploration side, and, and, and I you know I love exploration in games, especially when something's waiting to be discovered. And I don't think there's anything in this game waiting to be discovered per, per se. But I was thinking, you know, even even that sort of create your own story, and you are an explorer, and you are in this vast wasteland or this vast. Um, you know, emptiness of space, dis- discovering small things and, and making, allowing that that level of discovery to be just a little more subtle and subdued. They could have, and again, this is going to sound like, oh, talk about what should be in the game, but they could have taken steps to even making that more compelling, like taking a page out of a game like The Sims, which does a lot to foster storytelling within the game. Like, why why aren't there even simple things like a way to take screenshots without the HUD? Why can't I have a uh, a way to upload my story that I'm telling to other people or download other people's stories? Why do we have to rely on external programs like YouTube and whatever to discover the discoveries that other people are making? Why 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 doesn't the game foster even that level of personal storytelling it, it just it's not any one thing it just is it exists in this middle that is really intensely interesting for a very short period of time but i think that bell curve flattens out really really quickly for me christian do you want to weigh in on any of that i'm still really enjoying the game i think it's um a lot of fun i find beauty in the vistas and the small moments and doing stupid things that you can do in other games as well but i think the removal of a story um scratches my ocd or wherever i am on the spectrum itch um better in that i don't feel distracted by my character wouldn't do this because my character would do this i am doing it and there's not a bigger story telling me that that's not who i am um i'm not grand theft auto 4 or 5 i'm not trying to find my son i'm just doing whatever i want to do and i find it very relaxing and fun a great experience to have in in the game and in the world and I am not saying that people that feel the other way are wrong or are dumb. I am sorry that you are not finding joy in this game that is bringing so much joy to my life. And if you want to play something else, I think this has been a great year for games. And hopefully you can find something that brings joy. This sounds like the Christian that got beat down in the comments a little bit and doesn't want to put himself out on a limb. You're You're being so equivocal. Well, I explained what I like about the game, right? I find joy in those moments of coming across a hill and finding a new wonky little creature coming around or learning a new word of a Cree language that then, or Viking language or whatever, Cree. Huh? Oops, <laughs> wrong space thing. Um, what, uh, uh, what what has been your experience this week in playing it? Did you Have you ventured out a little farther than you had before? No. Or are you just mm-hmm. still sticking on your, your planet and just exploring that as, as much as you can? 
Yeah, if I don't 100% my home planet, I will not do any planet. Um, really? I've left. Wait, the- are you, wait, are you still on your home planet? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why that changes anyone's opinion of the game. Oh, man. I think that's I an amazing well, way to play. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, you need to get off your planet. Dude. Why? <laughs> why? There, I mean, there are there are some some things that sure. I think you need to you need to see. But see, I don't. That's what I love about this game. I don't. There is literally nothing that tells me I need to leave this planet. I have one it's, animal left to find. A bunch sure. of other stuff I need to find. And I'm fortunate that my ho- the planet I wrecked onto or whatever, you know, I, I landed on has been fun and enjoyable and has nice vistas. And I'm maybe 12 hours or whatever it is. And for me, as a comedian, writer, dad of two with limited game time, that's a lot of game time for a game. You know, like I bounce off of games quickly and that I'm still coming into this game and enjoying sunrises and sunsets and seeing quirky little animals run around and finding baby versions of them and pretending like they're actually following their parents somewhere and off on some adventure. That's all I need. And I'm not trying to back down from it. I'm just not going to, you know, argue with someone who isn't impressed. If I could, if I had a time machine, which by the way, we might have actual parallel universes discovered this week insane you guys insane scientific research that's actually happening um but if i could go back in time and and redo my conversation with you jeff i think i would have just said i under i hear what you're saying i'm loving this game and i'm disappointed that you are not and leave it at that because i don't need to this isn't team spice or team canada i don't need to sell this game to anybody that's what everybody loved about the last episode and now now you're i don't know who you are or what you did with christian spicer but I want him back. I want that. I I want you to get off your home planet, please. <laughs> get off your home planet. Why? I love the like, idea. Go, go to a different system because I, I'm not. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but you might have. You might see some things that would be exciting to you. Sure. Or, um, you know, like you might find resources that are worth a ton of money. You okay. might find. I love the idea that Christian is playing this game like a space hermit. Like he's just yeah. he's just on. This is my planet. It was assigned to me. There are many like it, but this one is mine. And I will be here. I will just make my home and explore it thoroughly and name everything on my planet. Every single thing. This is Spicerverse, and you shall not pass. I love. Well, it's actually recipes because I can't I can't use Spicer, so oh, it's still yeah. backwards. But um, I mean, to me, that's the beauty of this game is that you're like you need to leave. But this isn't um, Dragon Age Inquisition where it's leave the what is it the Winterlands or whatever that the is yeah the Hinterlands where it's you know that's not that's the, the game. Key. This is yeah this is the game. This yeah, is the I'm game. Holding you for I there are there have been reports of people who had said they maxed out everything on their home planet and you know spent twenty five plus hours on their home planet. I'm just saying for you personally, let me just have an intervention about your planetary exploration. Get off your home planet. Go to a new system. Poke around there because I I think that for me, a lot of the fun was, okay, I'm going to find a system that fits my needs for specific things. So you might find planets that you'll spend more time on that would actually uh, benefit you in terms of like upgrading stuff. And- he doesn't care about that. 
Yeah. yeah what are my needs? What am I trying to do? Yeah. Get to the center of the galaxy? Who cares? Resources are on the current planet you're on. I mean, you, there are planets that have resources that can make you a million units per. But he doesn't need a million units. He's got his planet. What but do I need a million it, units for? His the reason Christian buy better ships. The reason Christian know. loves this game is precisely the reason that I I find it hollow is. Like, I've retracted my side with Christian. <laughs> there's literally – he loves the fact that there's literally no demands on him whatsoever. He can just be. And it's a beautiful place to be. I'm not arguing with that. It's beautiful. The game is gorgeous and there's there are wonderful sunsets and, and things. And I feel like, uh, you know, I have this existential crisis of like why do – why am I just being? Like what is – what does it matter? And he's like, yeah, what does it matter? It's It's and, beautiful. And I can do dumb things like it doesn't – matter because like i said there is no narrative pulling me um where i can do dumb things like okay i'm gonna park my ship i know where, here's my ship i'm gonna go um a hundred or a thousand use or you know whatever their measure of distance is let's just say miles because i'm an american i'm gonna go a thousand miles or 100 miles away from my ship and i'm gonna get in a fight with a century and my planet you know they will send some of them dogs down and things will get violent can i get back to my ship Let's find out. Here we go. This is a, and then I don't, and then I reload, and then I try 500 meters or feet or whatever miles. Can I get back? Nope, I can't. Okay. And I can just do that for a little bit. And then I play for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It ends up being longer than that. And I'm like, that was fun. That was really dumb. Uh, and let's play some Overwatch. Now I'm going to go to bed. And it is. And I understand that there are other games that scratch that itch for people. And I understand that people are, don't think it's worth $60 to them. And that is fine. Like, it's easy to make fun of if you listen to, if you are old, like Jeff and I are, and Anthony, you're a little younger, but still old. We can confirmed where Garnet got a bunch of crap for saying he'd pay $100 for flour. But I mean, this idea of video game worth is one we are never going to get away from. And there's no answer to that question. To me, personally, Fallout 4 is in no way, shape, or form worth $60. To me, personally, No Man's Sky, Uncharted 4... Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, totally worth $60. Inside, I would I think is worth more than the $20 they're asking for. But to sit here and argue because it doesn't have this or that, it's not it's not empirically worth a chunk of money. I mean, that's a it's a false no. argument. It's not worth it to you. But I yeah, I don't even care about the sort of value proposition. I mean, I guess maybe people are looking for that in some ways in the podcasts and reviews that they read, but that's not really I'm much more interested in the, my fun was sure, my right. having fun. And I, I honestly wish, I honestly wish that your commitment to your planet was rewarded in some way. I wish there was some, but it is no, no. Well, but I wish there was something that staying on your home planet for 50 hours resulted in game wise. I wish there would, it would be amazing if, Someone stumbled upon your planet in, on some distant day in some distant timeline. Someone, you know, landed on planet Recips and found the hermit of the galaxy, found, you know, all the, thi- all the trash that you left behind because you've only been living well, on this one planet. The you whole kind time. of will, though. Not Because really. I, have, I, have, I have named everything. Everything. Okay. And you can find when I played parts of the game what i was thinking about there's a whole chunk of my planet that is making fun of donald trump because i was mad at donald trump that day Dude, and i think I just, he's a moron i realize what this game is for you this is it's a giant bathroom stall that you get to scrawl i was here on 
And the beauty of it is the thing. So, um, if you if you're if you're not a Patreon of Jeff's and Anthony's podcast, we have concerns. I'm sorry, I don't think it's public. I also I did an episode with them that I think is for uh, backer exclusives. I also talked about a similar thing on Dave Ross's now defunct Nerdist podcast called Terrified. I am terrified of my own mortality. It freaks me out. I've been having panic attacks of it. Again, it kind of comes and goes for the past two weeks where I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and my heart is racing and I can't go back to sleep. Um, and I think part of these are my personality traits, right? We all have our own neuroses. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just like you. Um, and, and part of the beauty of this game is that I can't see it all. You, Jeff, if you wanted to come visit Planet Recipes, you can't. Like the chance of you ever getting there is probably not going to happen. And to me, I find that so calming in a world that is so actually limiting with what we can do. It's not asking though- anything of you. You appreciate the fact that it doesn't request anything of you. Right. And if I want something that asks something of me, I'll pop out and play uh, Overwatch for a little bit and, you know, Reinhardt the crap out of a map and get the most block damage and the most time on a goal and still only get four upvotes at the end of the match. Thanks a lot for not respecting Reinhardt's role in the game. But you get better. Okay. That's the thing. Like, you're, for me, time spent in Overwatch or Titanfall 2 yeah. or Heroes of the Storm results in me getting better at it. Yes. And that, that I enjoy that aspect. Me too. Me too. And that's why I play those games. Um, I think I think that's that's fair to say, Jeff. Uh, Christian, here here's what I'll say to you as my last pitch. You are playing a game where a bunch of developers, <clears throat> actually, I guess not a bunch, a, a small group of developers have created a procedurally generated uh, galaxy of eighteen quintillion planets. The and you are like, nope, I don't want to see it. <laughs> not yet. I not I, yet. I can't. Like if, I can't if, see. It. If it was Truman Show and you were a baby and they built this like set that covered the entire world and you were like, no, nah, I'm going to be a hermit. No, and I they were like, why did we build any of this? I can't. But you haven't seen a planet like you haven't seen a planet. Have you seen like a radioactive planet? There's no guarantee planets? I will. You definitely will. I mean, that's you, an assumption. You, you haven't seen any any of like their actual development work at play because you've only seen your one planet. You haven't even been able to see like, oh man, this is this is like my creature on planet recipes, but like they flipped the formula around or like, ooh, this planet uh, has this going on. Like this planet is mostly water. Wow, that you know, like I think those are the things that are really impressive to me is the fact that. They've been able to stitch this stuff procedurally, and it doesn't, like, all fall apart. And isn't it so awesome that you and I are playing this game totally different, and we both are taking great things away from it and enjoying our time with it? And try to say that about Uncharted 4. Try to say that about Rise say, of the Tomb Raider. Th- try to say that about Overwatch. This, is, this know, conversation just... is the first is the biggest uh, reason that I'm now considering putting this into my, you know, game of the year consideration just because it's game as psychology test it's it's well that's what makes it the 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 best time right now to be playing video games where i can play this i can play uh uncharted 4 i can put my oculus on and play edge of nowhere or i can throw up playing dirt rally vr 
or you can play Heroes of the Storm. And look, people, I mean, I get it. I know what you want from me, and it's the weekend, so I can do this. I mean, it's the best game I've ever played! And if you disagree with me, you're clearly wrong! Also, go to nomanskylotto.com, owned by Christian Spicer, to gamble on the game! It's incredible! I mean, I get it. I know what my fan base is, right? <laughs> I but don't like I, reactionary I, I, Spicer. I like genuine Spicer who is uh, talking. Well, this isn't talking. disingenuous Spicer. I'm not this saying is, you're disingenuous. I'm saying you're reactionary. Yeah. I'm not going to take the debate and sit here and argue with something that is an unwinnable debate. Okay. You don't like the game. I wish you did. Let me fr- or I'm sorry. that I don't even wish you did. I'm sorry you don't. <laughs> but I like the game. I For me, it's... I feel like I have to have... Oh, great. Now my daughters are crying. Oh, I'm just <laughs> I feel like I have to have the same conversation. When you play a game and you say, oh, I, I don't want to up the difficulty. I'll just put it on easy. And it's it's a similar thing of like, oh, you're not seeing like the... At least put it on medium, please. And you're like, no, I just want to get through it. But then you're not even seeing like the AI. The AI is just stupid and just Guess sits there I'm... and lets you shoot it in the head. Guess what I'm playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 on, Anthony? <laughs> no, yeah, the hardest difficulty. Easy, easy, and it's so fun. It's so fun. It's kind of like that. You're. I feel like you're not even. You're, and I agree with you, which is the weirdest part. Well, you're being a video game elitist right now, Anthony. You're being a snob because I'm not playing it your way. I'm playing it wrong right now. But just like, please, for for the love of all that is good, get off your home planet. How about I'll make you a deal someday? I'll put someday. Go ahead. Your daughter is going to walk up to you and be like, "Daddy, why did you never leave your home planet?" (laughs) <laughs> and i'll say i don't know ask jeff's dad why he never moved out of the house where he raised jeff <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point wait what no that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i okay i want to frame this I, are we talking about this way too long we're gonna have to cut table yeah i was happy just to let it pass yeah, saying i, I like so it. many other games i want to talk about uh but i i want to frame it one more one more way because um <laughs> because we have anthony here and i've been wanting to bring this up and a lot of people in the chat room have been talking about this for the last 10 minutes and oh i know where you're yeah. going don't do no, it. no i want to do it um okay there was a big article on polygon this week uh there's somebody was saying that uh, we are in vanilla No Man's Sky in the same way that, you know, a couple of years ago we were in vanilla Destiny and vanilla WoW or whatever. That this game is going to be unrecognizable a year from now. I guess uh, Simon West T uh, Simon West 80 in the chat room said, honestly, in 12 months, this will be a totally different game. A, do you want that to happen? B, do you think it's going to happen? And C, in in the context of Destiny, is it a good thing? The context of Destiny or No Man's Sky? Well, I'm, I'm relating it to Destiny in the sense that everybody – Destiny launched. People were like, well, this is kind it. of what okay. they promised. And then now, what, two years later, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good game. So, um, Well, so I, I've been getting – I've been streaming No Man's Sky myself, and I've had a lot of people ask questions about, like, well, you know, what would you like to see improve and, and this or that. And I don't necessarily know if there's anything they can add to the game. Once I'm like finished, once I'm, I've officially decided, okay, I'm done, which I can actually see coming up with, with a lot of games coming out, including destiny's next expansion. Um, I don't know if I can see them adding anything. Cause I just don't feel like they're going to add a story. That doesn't seem like that's no, but they might add, you know, I, I don't think a story necess- necessarily has to happen, but just um, even sort of customization or being able to build stuff on your home planet or like any of that, you know, vehicle that isn't a spaceship. Wait, did you say your home planet? 
the place that but, Christian only sees. Oh, I well, love it. I love it. I, I agree that that stuff, that stuff would be great, but that stuff would be great for new people that are getting into the game or people that are still playing it. But it's the, for destiny, the additions made me come back because they improved things and and made the core experience better and added to it. For example, the Destiny biggest Destiny's biggest problem at launch was it had a real struggle. Division has this as well, or had this um, with with handing out loot and that it was being very stingy. And they improved that so you could just play the new content with these new uh, loot systems in place and just kind of go forward and not need to look back whereas no man's sky i don't really feel like there's any they're not going to add anything like new in the sense of they're gonna add 18 quintillion more planets or they're going to add uh you know a new i don't know like adding a new race or adding base building like that's all great for the people that are going to be playing it in the moment, but it's not the type of stuff that would entice me back. And so personally, the the Destiny comparisons, Destiny is a better game for people that play now because a lot of its faults uh, were improved. But on top of that, anybody who was playing it, with especially with Taken King, they got new content that was also influenced by that, and it was new content. It was a new raid, new story missions, new strikes. I don't think No Man's Sky is necessarily going to add that type of new Well, content. there's a lot of suggestions here in our chat room of people. Uh, like um, Mr. Latap says uh, if there was co-op, he would throw his money at it. Um, Stephen A. Rivers says NPCs that move, NPCs that come out of their ships. Uh, I, I think, honestly, co-op would be a huge thing. If I could hang out at, on Christian's planet with him and just be, and we could like take a stroll and look at sunsets, and he's like, look at all this, look at all these uh, things that I named. I'd be but like, what if I told you I haven't actually named anything? You'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> What if I haven't done any of the stuff I've been talking about? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, for me personally, yeah, the the, the co-op stuff, um, it seems like you'd have to be really, really focused. My recommendation is if you want co-op, just play No Man's Sky with a friend and be in party chat. Yeah. Because you're you're fighting over resources. You're fighting over na- – like you just want to see your buddy. I, I, I don't get the appeal of co-op in this game. The game is clearly not built for co-op. True. But um, when I look at something like that uh, Star Citizen video where one guy's in a ship and the other guy like goes into a thing and goes down the elevator and the other dude's in a ship and they're waving at each other, I'm like, that's that's the space exploration game I want. That sure, yeah. I just I just feel like if if Christian and I are playing on his home planet and then he finally decides to leave, please leave your home planet. <laughs> if he finally decides to leave his home planet, then he would say, well, I want to go here. And I would say, well, I want to go here. And then we are now thousands of light years apart. What about this, um, Anthony? I will, it just seems boring to f- want to follow another player. I will leave my home planet if you can find my home planet. <laughs> it's. I mean, I'm. your home planet is probably hundreds of thousands of light years from the center. And I'm like right there. I'm not going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we're running way long on all this. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Bound because I paid for that game this week and I wanted to talk about it. Uh, it's beautiful. I don't know if you guys heard about this. It's uh, I think it's on PC, but it's also on PS4. I'm playing it on PS4. Uh, and it is uh, a game with, what, three buttons? I think the jump, move, and dance. 
dance is a button. Uh, and it's uh, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous game. You live in this polygonal world, and it, you play this princess who um, can dance her way through things. It's not challenge. The game is not challenging, and, and is not. Um, it's barely a game. <laughs> it's more of this interactive experience, uh, kind of along the lines of um, of Abzu, which I raved about a couple or last week or the week before. Um, it, and it is it is truly beautiful, and it has a really interesting story to tell about love and loss, and and it has it, it works on in metaphor, and uh, there's really nothing like it. There's nothing. There's no character in a game that has ever moved like the character in Bound. Uh, ultimately, I didn't think it was quite as beautiful as Abzu, but certainly worth checking out. Um, it's called Bound. It's on PS4. Uh, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Pick pick one for someone to buy and play as like their chill yeah, game. You go Abzu. Yeah, Abzu. yeah. Although I don't want to give short shrift to Bound because it's doing something really beautiful and like the, it resonated for me right because my wife's about to give birth. She's pregnant, and the beginning of the game starts with this pregnant lady walking around. You're like controlling a pregnant lady. I was like, I've never controlled a pregnant lady in a video game before. That's pretty. I was like, Honey, come in here. Play this with me. Uh, it's really beautiful, um, and it's so different. It's so unique. I mean, Abzu is beautiful, but it's beautiful in a way we kind of expect, and this is beautiful in a way that you would never expect. It's 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 wholly unique, um, and uh, I rec- I always respect games that that do that. Uh, I also for two weeks have been wanting to talk about WoW Legion, but we're not uh-huh. time. It, no, it's not out yet. But I'm I'm back in, and uh-huh. I leveled a Demon Hunter, which is the new hero class, and uh, I leveled it to a hundred and did all the starting Demon Hunter missions. And the Demon Hunter plays really differently than any WoW character has before. Much more arcadey. You're leaping around, jumping and double jumping and slashing. It's much more arcadey than I mean. It's still not you know. It's not. Um, uh, an actual arcade uh, RPG, but it's still a different approach for WoW. And um, and I did uh, also the cool. There's a the cool thing they do when they about to release an expansion is they release a patch beforehand, and that patch has a bunch of awesome missions that set up the story for what the the expansion is going to do. And they every time they've done this, they've gotten better and better at it. And I think this is the pinnacle. Uh, the the new height of of them creating a backdrop for how the story is going to unfold the the starting mission the introductory missions for Legion that happened with the latest patch are so cool and so epic you really feel like you're fighting in a war and they, they do the neatest thing like you go into this um, this instance and you fight this giant demon creature that is being uh, manifested by Gul'dan and the, and the Legion. And, you know, I'm a, I play Alliance and, you know, you're in this big raid group with all these people and they're, we're all attacking this, this giant creature that we're on this island and the creature is coming out of the water and it is attacking us and you're throwing all your dps at it as you can and then at a certain point it gets to another phase and the monster moves away and you realize it's going to the other side of this body of water and attacking people on the other island there's another island on the other side and those are the horde players so there's like horde players from your server and alliance players from your server in the raid at the same time, both fighting the same monster, but they're not interacting with each other. Like we're in our story, they're in their story. It's just so cool. Such a cool moment. Um, and they're doing lots of neat stuff like that. And and uh, 
everything has changed. All of the character classes work differently than they have before. I mean, talk about a, a game as an evolution. Nine years later, or whatever, 10 years, 11 years later, whatever it is, wow, still surprising me. And it, it, it is, a, you know, it's an old game. It looks like an old game. The, the graphics are not great anymore, and the, it behaves in very clunky ways in a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of respects. But still, I, I'm back. I'm hooked. Jeff, can I ask you this? Did you leave your starting zone? Uh, no, no, no. I just stay, I stay in my, uh, yeah, oh, I stay in the okay. starting area and just kind of wander around. Hit level there is a dude, we did a story many, many months ago. There was a dude who got to level 80 or whatever, whatever the cap was at the time in WoW by never leaving his starting area and just redoing the same quests over and over. His name was Christian Spicer. That sounds like a very boring existence. <laughs> there is a, a a guy, I think he's in the UK, also named Christian Spicer, who's like a bodybuilder or a fighter or something like that. And he sent me a Facebook request. I've been aware of this guy, a uh, Facebook friend request recently. And I was like, oh, I'll accept it. Sure, why not? But now it's weird because like if I like something he posts or he likes something I post, it just looks very narcissistic where it's like <laughs> Christian Spicer like this. I'm like, I swear I didn't like my own thing. I mean, obviously I did because I posted it, but. Uh... <laughs> All right. I want to, I, you know, it's me. So I want to carve out a little bit of uh, VR talk. So let's do it. VR segment, Jeff, 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 Jeff's VR segment, VR, 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 Jeff's VR segment, Jeff, 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 Jeff's VR segment, VR, VR, VR. All right, Christian, you uh, you got any VR to report? You're in what week three of owning your Oculus? That sounds about right. Uh, my folks were in town, and I had my dad disappear into the world of virtual reality nothing crazy i didn't you know have him play you didn't a have to rescue him you didn't have to dive in and it, it started an action adventure comedy that involved <laughs> you having to rescue your dad from vr well no but the weird thing is that while he was in vr i was mowing my lawn so it oh. kind of yeah really created the this. lawnmower boy <laughs> becomes the lawnmower man it was pretty pretty sweet also we were going towards this tower and i was a kind of a cowboy anyway it doesn't matter it is what i'm talking about right now is that um stephen king is a great author and um <laughs> um so i've had my dad strap in and uh he had not experienced VR before my mom had done some early dev kit one stuff with my little brother and she was like no it's not for me so my dad i had him experience lost which is done by it's an oculus studios film by a pixar short director whose name i constantly forget and am shameful and never looking up before i talk about it that's the giant robot one it is the giant robot one with the little hand it kind of feels iron giant ish and um and then he also did the um unreal four experience where you're in the kind of the war and it's showing the graphical capabilities and it's a slow motion of a you know call of duty type war experience yeah i, I love using that one as a first e example to people that come over because it's it's non-interactive but it, it's a big gee whiz wow look at that yeah of like the graphics you'd expect in a triple a video yeah. game and it was really cute one he was super into it I, I mean i have a small office space so i'm kind of standing near him kind of be his sherpa you know also as like getting the things out on the computer form so he's not trying to use a controller or whatever. I'm just like, just watch and experience this stuff. And it's incredible, I think, how taken away into a world you get where normally he would not 
be sitting there this close, like his face this close to my face, but he has no idea, right? Like he's looking around and experiencing this thing. And like our cheeks are, I'm like cheek to cheek with him as I try to like reach in and start something. (laughs) And you're, you're totally in this world because you have these ski goggles on, right? But it was really cute. I wish I filmed it just so I could show a little bit of it, but he was, you know, he has the headphones on and he's sitting there and he's doesn't, I didn't tell him in advance that I could see what he's seeing on the screen. I just wanted him to experience these things. And he's sitting there and he's, you know, doing the, uh, Wow, I'm in a fort. I feel like I'm in a fort. I heard a bird. What was that? What was that? Where is it? And I'm like, and I kind of, I'm like, look left. He's like, I'm looking left. Whoa. I looked into this car. There's a guy in it. There's a guy in it. He just flipped over. This is great. Kirsten, you got to try this. And like, he's having so much fun. The thing you don't realize about Christian's dad, though, is is that's also how he watches TV. He's like, it's a, this family is modern. Like, there's like, there's gay ones and look at how modern they are. You should go to a, you should have gone to the World Series with him when I was there. It was in, it was incredible. You know, he, you're in a world and you don't realize you have, you know, you're loud talking at the gym or whatever, but it was really cute to see him like look, swiveling his head all around and, and having a blast with it. And he said that he wanted to try a game and I'm just not quite sure. Like he hasn't, gamed since pac-man you know he'll play like a pick a match three on his phone or whatever but i don't know what that casual vr game experience is yet i love that's one of my favorite things about vr is introducing new people to it and blowing their minds uh especially people that are old enough to realize that video games aren't supposed to be able to do this yet uh, yeah cool. um <clears throat> i had a an opportunity to play some awesome games this week in my vibe that i want to talk about one of them is called grapply it's a demo it's not a this is an early access game um (laughs) you know how i keep over and over talking about the the this spider-man simulator that i want that i went crazy about a story about my uncle that game a story about my uncle and i was like spider-man simulator oh man how great would it be in in uh vr and i talked about Windlands, and i was like oh yeah that'd be cool it's kind of like that but it's not quite there yet grapply is spider-man if Spider-Man was a racing game. So hmm. everybody starts, each of your hands can shoot a beam, a uh, electronic beam out of it. That works like Spider-Man's webs where it attaches to anything and you can pull yourself and you swing along hand in hand, each hand hitting another thing. And you're navigating through this uh, crazy environment in a race with other players. I think right now it's all just AI. I'm not sure there's multiplayer, but I was just playing against AI uh, it's craziness. The, the most craziness is that there's a variety of different tracks. One of them is like the Spider-Man fantasy that it's, it's basically like, uh, skyscrapers and roads and cars over them. Graphics are very simplistic. This is very much a proof of concept. Uh, but you're swinging through skyscrapers and over cars. It's amazing, but it gets even crazier from there. There's a like space level that is like, you're inside this wild parabola that. You are swinging uh, sometimes below you. You'll, you'll, you'll find yourself reoriented and you'll go up and in and invert yourself. And it's hard to describe, but it is absolutely wild to play. Um, really, really interesting concept that only works well in VR. And, and uh, I have to admit, it, I took off the headset after playing for a while and was like, ooh, real. I wasn't nauseated inside that environment, even though that is a lot of wacky movement that is very unrealistic somehow that it was okay. But when I took off the headset, I felt a little bit, uh, 
odd, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, people had sent me, um, oh gosh, I forget it was a DOJ thing, but like, you know, VR in our military and stuff. It's like wait 15 to 20 minutes after coming out of VR before you drive. Like even if you don't feel anything, the effects of it while you're piloting a drone or any of these wow. VR simulators they have, it's like, no, no, no. You need to readjust. And which I should mention too, I it was cute when my mom said that she had already done it. It was like late at night and they're getting ready to leave. I'm like, no, no, dad, you have to do this. The kids are asleep. You have to do this. And my mom's like, yeah, I did it. And she's like, John, you haven't. And he goes, I, my dad used to be a ship captain and he gets very like, he put, sometimes he puts on his captain's voice and he goes, I, I've done VR. What do you think it's called when you're navigating a tanker through the oceans just using satellite imagery? And, you know, that's that's not the real ocean. That wow. It was real cute. He was defending, you know, what, that <laughs> VR has been around for forever. Also, Drive Club VR video came out um, out of Gamescom. While Dirt Rally VR makes me sick, the idea of driving VR still excites me. And that video looked pretty dope. Um, I also had a chance to play a couple of um, bow and arrow games. Bow and arrow games are a big thing. There's one, obviously, that ships with the lab on uh, on uh, the Vive. The lab comes with it. And one of the mini games is this bow and arrow game. I guess bow and arrow because you're doing it with the two controllers and it really makes sense. It's a big thing. Uh, two of them. There's one called Quiv VR, Quiver, Quiv VR, uh, free, really awesome multiplayer. I was playing with a bunch of people um, that you're in your game. You're you're doing a, you're you know waves of enemies. There's a lot of waves of enemies games in in the early days of VR here, but they are still very fun. Uh, waves of skeletons and stuff coming at your castle, and you and your multiplayer teammates are all shooting arrows at it, and you can be at different vantage points. It's basically a simulator for that scene in uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, where they're you know defending the orc hordes. Uh, they're coming at them. Uh, wave after wave of them, sometimes flying things will come, like a skull with wings will come. And then at the end, there's a giant, well, not the end, but later on, there'll be giant bosses that'll come, like a giant ogre will come at, to smash your gates, and you got to pummel him with arrows, and he ends up looking like a pin cushion because all the arrows stay in him as he gets whittled down. And just the fun interaction of people, because it's real human beings in the VR environment, they're just a head, just like a... Uh, a helmet, really, a medieval helmet, and their bow and arrow are the only things you see. But that's enough to understand that it's a human being. You can wave at each other. You can shoot an arrow at your at the other player. It doesn't hurt them, but it like sticks in their helmet. Uh, so fun, so fun. And the other one is called Trickster, which is another uh, bow and arrow, and then you have throwing knives and a sword on your hip. This one has some of the best graphics I've seen in any of these games. And it looks great, cartoony, but vibrant and interesting. You're defending your base again against waves of orcs coming at you, but the, the way they look is cool, and the enemy types are much more varied than I've ever seen in one of these games. Uh, they have, like, shields or, like, you know, mages, and there's an ice guy, and there's another dude where if you shoot him, he gets enraged. Uh, all kinds of crazy types, and it looks awesome. So that's called Trickster, and then the one is called Quiv VR. Both of them very, very fun if you're into bow and arrow games on your on your Vive. Not no shortage of those, that's for sure. All right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap things up. Uh, we're gonna skip tabletop time this week because we're running long, but we are gonna have a parting gift. So stick around for that. Uh, but Anthony, thanks so much for weighing in uh, and being here on on this episode. We're gonna have you back in just a few weeks when the new Destiny expansion comes. Yes. You're very so excited. excited. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, where can people keep up with your work in the meantime? 
first and foremost, GameRant.com. That is the site that I am editor-in-chief for, so please read all of our content, all of the fun stuff. Uh, we do reviews and features and, and cover your basic news. And then you can follow me on Twitter. It's at AntTormina. It's hard to spell, so it's uh, A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. And uh, I'm, we're going to probably kick off our podcast soon. I don't know when the TV shows, but I do a podcast about the DC Comics TV series called DC Watchtower. So just Google DC Watchtower. Nice. You can find us there. Awesome. Christian, how about you? What do you got going on? If you haven't and you are so inclined to see more of my streams and stuff like that, you can go and subscribe or follow whatever it's called on Twitch. It is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, and you can be part of the conversation live. And uh, I also long-term archive stuff over on my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Christian Spicer 713. I, I have the marriages shorts there and also am in pre-pro, pre-pro-brow of um, – another i'm not sure if there's going to be more than one or not but it's a dark comedy um coming hopefully sooner than later but it will be up on youtube as well when it is done and then my parenting podcast is called department of parenting you can find it at departmentofparenting.com we had a lot of we've had a lot of great guests recently and you can check that out it's a short podcast about parenting jeff there's a backlog for you to get caught up on so you know yeah just, i know you know, I'm, I'm not quite start, a parent yet but any day start, now. yeah start listening go go run a couple marathons you'll you'll get through them <laughs> and then twitter's the easiest way to get a hold of me at spicer s-p-i-c-e-r and if you're in la that's usually the easiest way to find out about shows um they get booked week of like i know i just got booked on a show i think it's thursday at the comedy store at 8 p.m if you're in la um, a September 2nd show I just got booked at UCB Sunset. That's kind of a fun pop punk themed, emo themed show. So Twitter's a good way to get in touch with me. It is at Spicer. Mr. Kanata, what about you? We've got the We Have Concerns for you to check out. We have concerns.com. Uh, funny episode coming out on Monday. I think you'll enjoy. Also, uh, check me out at the slash filmcast. That's at slash filmcast.com. We're going to be talking about Kubo and the Two Strings this week, which I recommended in my parting gift last week. So we'll do the deep dive into that. Should be really good listening. Um, and those are the only shows that I'm doing now. I lost a show. I lost a show this week, but that's okay. Um, maybe there'll be more shows coming. Hey, I have a pitch for a show for you, by the way. You do? Yeah. That's we'll fun. talk about it off air, but I have, I, have a, I have the same for you. That's interesting. I wonder if it's the same idea. That'd be wild. The home Planet. That's what mine's called. It's called uh, Hermit Hermit on the Home Planet. <laughs> oh, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Cool. <laughs> Virtual Hoarders. <laughs> another day, same planet. Another, another day, nothing else new. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, that's going to do it uh, for this episode. We, let's, uh, let's hop into our parting gift. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Before we get to our parting gift, you need to thank Linode. Linode is a hosting company offering high-performance Linux servers for all of your infrastructure needs. Linode has it all. Lightning quick servers in the cloud, a super-fast 40GPS network, automated backups, node balancers, managed services, guides with step-by-step -step instructions, a simple but powerful control panel, 99.9% .9 uptime, 24-7 support experts, and all the tools you need to get the job done right the first time. And now... Linode offers two gigabytes of RAM for only $10 a month. Over 400,000 customers trust the Linode platform, 
including 5x5. All the infrastructure here is happily hosted on Linode. And getting started is easy. Just pick a plan, choose your favorite Linux distro, and pick from one of eight data centers in America, Europe, and Asia. Just visit linode.com slash 5x5 today to support the show and use promo code 5x5 for a $10 credit. linode.com slash 5x5. Simple, powerful, reliable. All right, uh, Anthony, you got a... uh, Got a parting gift to leave the people on a good note? Uh, I do. Um, not to continue the Destiny train, but right now uh, the Destiny community is doing a fundraiser. They've raised about $161,000. Um, they're streaming on Twitch uh, in preparation for what is called Destiny Community Con. It's like a fan-created convention. So if you go to twitch.tv slash Destiny Community Con, you can see it. Um, they're doing lots of fun events. All Basically, any big streamer that streams Destiny is playing it. Um, I'm not in any way involved, but I think it's pretty incredible that the uh, Destiny community can come together and raise $161,000 in about, like, 30 hours. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it's for a good cause. It benefits St. Jude. Um, so if you have some some interest in destiny and you want to support the community or if you just love gamers supporting each other, I highly recommend supporting. Cool. Christian, how about you? If you haven't watched it yet is Amazon pilot season right now. And, um, the one I'm going to recommend, you can vote for all of them or give feedback for all of them. This isn't exclusive, but the tick has been rebooted as an Amazon video, um, pilot and, you know, series potential full disclosure. Yeah. I'm friends with Griffin Newman. He's, uh, very talented actor and comedian, funny guy, been in, you know, doing things for a long time, but he is Arthur in the new tick. And I think he is a fantastic Arthur. I've always loved Arthur and I love this take on him, which I do not think will offend tick traditionalists, but it makes him a little it's a good tick take. It's a good tick take. It's, it's a good take on tick, good tick, 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 tick coming on tickers. Um, I think we will enjoy it and I'm excited to see where it goes. The pilot is definitely just kind of a teaser in terms of like, Oh man, I want, I want more of all of that. But I think that's what a good pilot should be so if you're an amazon prime person uh check it out the tick i was worried it was going to be a tacky tick take but they took the talk about tack tick and made a good tick take that's what i found out well done (laughs) (laughs) uh i would like to oh we got a listener parting gift this one comes from matt mcclard uh, he writes, Hey, Jeff, Christian, and lovely guest. I just had a quick parting gift for you. Some time ago, Jeff recommended the book Bone Clocks by David Mitchell. Well, I read it with my book club, and it turned into my favorite novel of all time. But since you have already recommended that book, I thought I'd add to it. After reading Bone Clocks, I read up on David Mitchell, and after learning about the mega novel he was writing, I decided to go back and read all of his books in order of release. And while it was quite an undertaking, it was terrifically rewarding. All of David Mitchell's novels are connected, but in slight and sometimes minimal ways. A character in one novel may make an insignificant cameo in another novel, or the daughter of a main character might show up as a side character in another. All his novels are so different and so great, from telling the story of a stuttering boy in England in the 80s to a poor Japanese man seeking the father that abandoned him in modern day, to an accountant seeking his fortune in the Dutch trading company. The stories are as rich as they are different. But the craziest thing is that all of these are in the same universe. As a nerd, I love lore, and these novels have it in spades. If anyone out there loves world building, I can't recommend all of these books enough. Thanks again for DLC and all the work you guys do to bring it to us. Uh, Thank you, Matt. I agree. I haven't read all of David Mitchell's books, but I did read um, Bone Clocks and... 
what was the other one that was made into a movie with um, Tom Hanks just recently? What was it called? Sully. No. Uh, but yeah, good good recommendation. My parting gift uh, is video game related. If you guys haven't taken a second to watch the Bastion short that Blizzard put out, uh, Bastion, the character from Overwatch, they're doing a series of these shorts. Uh, it's beautiful. It is every bit as good as a Pixar animated short. It is absolutely beautiful. Seven minutes and change, I think. Not too long. Uh, no dialogue, all animation, but of a high quality. I mean, it's not in-game animation. This is like Pixar quality, pre-rendered uh, 3D animation. And my goodness, is it cool. Uh, emotional, interesting. The only thing that's kind of funny about it is it kind of it's, makes you not want... Overwatch to be the thing. <laughs> it's about it's kind of about Bastion like making the decision to be warlike or peaceful, and it's like, well, maybe we don't want him to be in Overwatch. Maybe that game is all about war. Maybe I want the video game to be about peace. Can we make that? Anyway, very good. Seek it out. Check it out. I highly recommend it. All right, that's the end of our show. Uh, thanks to uh, Anthony Tarmina and Christian Spice for hanging out with me. Thanks to all of our folks in the chat room for contributing, making the show better. We really appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for listening and downloading and sharing with your friends and rating us on your platform of choice. We all always uh, appreciate that as well. Till next time, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>